Be turning in your Bible, please, to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll begin in verse number 1 here in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1. I got to tell you, I'm so encouraged. I am so encouraged this morning to be uh, with so many brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for your faithfulness as we have gathered together to worship God. What a great morning this has been for each and every one of us. We'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1 in a few minutes. Right now, I want to take you back about three weeks. It will be exactly three weeks, I believe, this Wednesday night. Three weeks ago, uh, Nikki and I and Josh, we left the building here in a great mood. Uh, We had our song service. It was very uplifting and very encouraging to be able to gather with the saints. We had a great conversation when we drove back to the house, and uh, we were getting ready to go back inside, and Nikki and I had been talking about some things. She had heard something earlier in the day, and I probably should have done it that moment, but she had heard, heard something earlier in the morning, and so I thought maybe something fell in the attic. So I said, let me go upstairs into the attic, and let me go check it out. And Nikki, as we were pulling into the driveway, she said, why don't you just do it tomorrow? And I said, no, I'm going to get it done tonight. I'm going to take action. I'm getting this done. I'm going to figure out what's going on. There's surely something that's falling upstairs. Well, I went up into the attic, and still in my clothes from Wednesday night services, and I looked around and turned to the left, and everything seemed and appeared to be okay turned to the right and everything seemed to be okay there. So I decided to walk a little bit further in in our attic. There's a, what do you call it? I guess like a wooden plank where you can walk and um, uh, where you need to change the air filter and things like that. So I was going to make my way down that way. And I had added some things into or put some things upstairs in the attic. So there wasn't as much space to walk, but I figured I would be able to navigate my way through all of that. Well, I was not able to navigate my way all the way through that stuff. And so in the process of time, I had a little slip. My foot went through the ceiling. And I lost my no complain challenge at that very moment. (laughs) And Nikki saw my foot hanging from the ceiling in the office. And so as I was, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out there for a few minutes, a lot of different things ran through my mind. One was complaining, another was deductibles, and a variety of other things. And so after I pulled my leg back up and went back downstairs, and Nikki and Josh are looking at me, I was really proud of them. They maintained control. I lost control. They maintained excellent control. So we had to make a trip to the ER, and uh, the doctor kept asking me, when did you have your last tetanus shot? And I said, I have no idea. And he said, you will know that tonight will be the last time you had it, all right? So I got a tetanus shot. And a prescription for an antibiotic and a bandage on my left leg. And we went, we went back home. So for the past few weeks, walking into the office, I'm reminded about that little slip and how I need to certainly be careful with how I walk. And when I look at my left leg, I'm reminded of that as well. Now, you may be wondering why I'm sharing this. I got to tell you, it's really embarrassing. Uh, my pride took a big hit that night as well. But... I often do say there's a sermon in everything, and there's a sermon right here. And so the sermon I want to talk about, or what we're going to study this morning, is being careful how you walk. There is a sermon in everything, and you've got to turn lemon into lemonade, I guess. And I think there is great application to be made here, in particular to our young people. Uh, I've done some sermons here last year, uh, really geared more towards young people. And while I'm not preaching from the floor this morning, I do want to talk in particular to our, our young people here at this congregation. I mean, number one, we're very proud of you all, and we love you guys very much, and God has great things 
uh, in store for you, and God wants you to do his will. And I think there's some things for you to hold on to, particularly as we think about our theme, Arise and Build. Earlier this morning, we talked about the need for fathers, for men to lead our families to uh, to know the times and to know what we should do. And certainly uh, fathers and mothers have a responsibility when it comes to, to leading the family and teaching you as young people. However, I want you guys to understand too, even though you may be young and in the house and maybe you can't drive and things like that, whatever the case may be, you have responsibility as well. We think about our theme, Arise and Build, you have responsibility too when it comes to, to, to building up the family and to growing closer to our Father in heaven. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul gave instructions to children, and children certainly were to know this, and you need to know this as well. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And so even God has expectations for young people, for children, to be obedient to their parents and to listen to what mom and dad or whoever it may be that is raising you to listen to what they have to say. You are not exempt when it comes to this idea of arising and building as well. The Apostle Paul earlier in Ephesians chapter 4 would spend a great deal talking about the walk of Christians. In chapter 4 and verse 17, he would remind the saints with how they were supposed to walk or how they are supposed to walk. In verse 17, he said, So this I say, I affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their hearts, he was encouraging them and helping them to see you have to walk a certain way. In chapter 5 and verse 1, he said, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. In verse 8 or verse 7, he said, Therefore do not be partakers with him, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. There is a right way for us to live our lives. There's a right way for us to conduct ourselves with how we are supposed to walk in this world. In verse number 15, excuse me, he said, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You notice how Paul said, be careful with how you walk. Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you conduct yourselves, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Well, I really want to talk to the young people this morning. Certainly there's application for all of us. You guys see that, right? That we all need to be careful with how we walk. Take it from me. It does matter how you walk. You need to be careful from a physical standpoint, obviously now from a financial standpoint of fixing that part of the ceiling. But in all seriousness, from a spiritual standpoint, from a spiritual perspective, it does matter how you walk. It matters how you live. It matters to God. And God wants you to do the right thing. You see, God wants your life to be blessed. He wants you to, to, to have a good life. Look over in Psalm chapter 1. He gives us instruction. He gives us these reminders and, and warnings about what we should and should not do, about what you should and should not do. In Psalm chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, 
Notice what the psalmist said here. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Notice that he said, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. There is warning there for you as young people to understand that there's a right way for you to walk and you need to be careful about the dangers that are out there. This is how your life can be blessed. And so I want to talk a little bit about being careful how you walk. And I want to share with you some thoughts from my misstep that will help you, hopefully, in your life with God and as you strive to do the right thing. As we talk about being careful how we walk, I want to begin by first saying this. It can be easy to slip. And what I mean by that is that when I was up in the attic, I wish I could say that it was dark and that's what caused me to slip. I wish I could say somebody else was up there and they were talking to me and they distracted me and that's how I slipped and fell. But none of those things are true. I had the light on and I was the only one up there. I just had a little slip, had a little fall, and I miscalculated some things. Maybe I was overconfident. Maybe I relaxed too much. Whatever the case was, I wasn't careful. My point to you is be careful how you walk. Be wise and know that if not careful, things in life can change. It can change fairly quickly. Proverbs chapter 4, we read this verse earlier in verse 23. You need to guard your heart with all diligence. You need to be wise with with what you allow yourself to, to get involved in and to see and to do. And you need to consider the cost of how you walk, how you live your life, what you do today, what you do tomorrow, what you do next week. It really does matter. If not careful, things can change in an instant. And all you got to do is look at examples in the, in the Bible. Think about King David. I know King David, the, the contrast or comparison may not be exactly the same. He was an older man. He was a king. I get all of that. But King David, he had good intentions. And yet we see in so many stories how things would quickly change for King David because he wasn't always careful with the way that he conducted himself. More or one of the most popular examples is probably the one in Second Samuel chapter 11. Turn over there and we'll just read the first three verses here with the story of David and Bathsheba in Second Samuel chapter 11. And the reason why I'm just reading this is because I want you to see that it can be easy to slip. I don't believe David, when he stayed back in Jerusalem, at least when we look at verse 1 and verse number 2, that he had some intention of trying to do something wrong. We see how things would quickly change after there was an opportunity. But what we see here is that he had stayed behind in verse number 1, then verse number 2. Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. He already went too far right there. He's already gone too far. Maybe he's thinking, maybe he had good intentions. Maybe he's thinking she married or not. But anyway, we see he's going to go way too far. He sent and inquired about the woman. He found out who she was. He's going to go even further in verse 4. David sent messengers and took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she returned to, his, to her house. He went too far. Yeah, when you think about David and the fact that he stayed behind in Jerusalem, it doesn't appear initially that he was intentionally trying to do something wrong. I think about David in Psalm 119 and verse 11. This is a man who hid God's word in his heart. This is a man who was striving to do the will of God. And yet what we find here is that he would fall in a very serious way. He made a really big mistake. He sinned before God. 
You think about another example, King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 13. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, Saul had been given some instructions from, from Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and beginning in verse number, verse number 7, 8, and 9. Saul and the Israelites had been going against the Philistines. And the Bible says in verse 7, Also some of the Hebrews crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. But as for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Now he waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring to me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, that may not sound like a big deal, but it was. Because in verse number 13, Samuel said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. My point I want you to see here, Saul initially, particularly in those first six days and even part of that seventh day, probably did not have in mind that he was going to do something wrong or that he was intentionally trying to do something. But He was not careful with how he walked and the decisions that he made. And as a result of that, his life would change. His whole life, his whole situation in life would change. And it would change dramatically because he was not careful with how he walked. My point for the young people is this. Be careful how you walk. It can be easy to slip. You may have good intentions, but it can be easy for things in life to quickly change depending on where you go or who you may be with or a decision that you may make. And as you think about this idea of being careful how you walk, and think about the fact that it can be easy to slip, you need to know that how you walk could leave a big scar, could leave a big scar behind. Now, there are some faces of shock when I showed the photo of the, of the ceiling in our office. And when I got home a few weeks ago that Wednesday night, I didn't think I was going to have a big gash in my left leg. Certainly didn't think I was going to have a hole in the ceiling of my office. But now I have a reminder of what happened. I have a reminder, at least for a short term with the ceiling, that I slipped, that I wasn't careful with how I walked. And I have a reminder when I looked down at my leg that I was not careful with how I walked. I still have some other reminders that will be coming. I have a hospital bill. I haven't got that yet, but somehow those bills never get lost in the mail. So eventually it will find where we live. How you walk could leave a big scar. And I want you to really think about this. You go back to the story of King David in 2 Samuel chapter 12. David sinned against God. He did wrong. He sinned. He committed adultery. And the sin that he was involved in, it left a really big scar. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 13, we find David had this conversation with Nathan. And Nathan, as he was talking to David, helped David to see that he had sinned that he was wrong. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. I want to emphasize this part of the, this part of the, in this lesson here, I really want to emphasize this point too, that yet what David did, and you read the rest of chapter 13 and then 14 and the rest of the story, the sword would not depart from his house. He would have many challenges the rest of his days, challenges even against or even with his own family. And it is interesting, even now, thousands of years later, we typically think about some of the worst things that David did, even though he was a man after God's own heart. He did many great things. Nonetheless, there was a scar that was left behind. But did you notice that David David was still forgiven? 
he was he was forgiven by God. And I think that's something important for young people to think about that you will make some mistakes along the way. I don't want you to make mistakes and we all need to strive for excellence and do the right thing. But sometimes we are going to fall short and we're not always going to be careful with how we should walk. But I want you to really understand something here that God still loves you, that he still cares about you. And even though you may fall short, that you can be forgiven. As a child of God, this is something that I think is important, not just for young people, but for all of us. In 1 John chapter 1, and we know this passage here, but we really need to embrace it. And we really need to consider what John is teaching us here. In 1 John chapter 1, remember what John said, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The question I have for everybody here, do you really believe what John just said in verse number nine? Do you really believe this? Young people, you need to believe this, that as a Christian, as a child of God, if you're in Christ, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You could talk to a lot of adults here and they could share a lot of stories with you of a lot of examples and times and moments where they were not careful with how they walked. I could share stories with you with how I have not always been careful with how I have walked. And all of us will fall short. But we need to understand that we can still be forgiven with God. I think about Judas in Matthew chapter 27. Remember Judas in Matthew chapter 27? Judas betrayed Jesus. And for 30 pieces of silver, Judas gave up the Messiah. In Matthew chapter 27, he would quickly have remorse. I don't know exactly what was going through the mind of Judas. Was he thinking that Jesus was going to escape again? I don't know. We don't have those details revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Here's what we do have revealed. In verse number three, then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, he felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. He recognized that what he had done was wrong saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? See that, see to that yourself. And he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed, and he went away and hanged himself. Well, my friend, that is not the proper way to how we respond when we fall short, when we're not careful with how we walk. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. The mistakes that we make in life, falling or slipping, they don't have to define the rest of our lives. We need to know that we can truly be forgiven. And as young people, I want you to really make sure you hold on to that. Now, at the same time, I also have to say this, that there are going to be consequences as a result of how we decide or how you decide to conduct yourself in your life. That there are going to be consequences that will not necessarily just automatically go away because you have repented and have confessed your sin to God. If a young person steals at, at their job, certainly they can be forgiven if they repent of that. But the consequence is they probably will lose their job. If you decide to lie to your parents and, and are not truthful with where you're going or who you may be dating or what you may be doing, your parents, are, I'm sure, are willing to forgive you when you're honest with them and you turn away from that behavior. And yet there are going to be some consequences as a result of that. We understand that, right? That's going to be more challenging probably for your parents to trust in you, and you're going to have some more restrictions. What I want you to see here is that your decisions – they can leave a big scar behind. There are going to be consequences with the choices that we decide to make. Maybe it's a, the consequence of regret or a lack of trust or maybe even missed opportunities in life, which is why you have to be careful with how you walk. I want to encourage all the young people to be wise and to listen to what God says in his word. Listen to the wisdom that your parents give you. They are trust. 
excuse me, trying to lead you down the right path. They want the very best for you. And I want you to do something else too. I want you to consider the scars of other individuals. Hopefully, if your attic is a mess, don't try to go up there and do a lot of things. Get that attic cleaned up first. Learn from my mistake before you go up there and do something as well and maybe slip and fall. For the young people, though, really think about, look around you. There are young people who are making mistakes. You don't have to go down that same path. You know what the end result is going to be. You can see just by looking at the lives of others that there are certain things that you should not do. You can see by just reading the Word of God of all the different things that the Holy Spirit has revealed that certain conduct, certain behavior is going to result in certain things. You will reap what you sow. Learn from other people's mistakes and strive not to make the same ones. And not only that, but look at the scars you may already have. Have you already made some big mistakes? Have you already done some things and your parents have told you, I didn't want you to go down that path. I wanted you to do this. Strive and look at the things you may have already done and strive to be sure that you never do them again. Uh, I got something going on with my left side because the scar from falling through the ceiling is on my left leg. And I got a scar here on my, on my, my left wrist. Years ago, I don't even know how old I was. Maybe I was Joshua's age, maybe a little bit older. But I, I guess I was pretending I was the Incredible Hulk, and I punched through a glass, um, a glass door. And that didn't work out too well for me. Got in a lot of trouble that day. Didn't have a birthday party either, and I was upset about that as well. But I, I have a scar even now. And I promise you that's the last time I've ever done something like that. And we laugh. The thing about King David, and we don't read it of any other cases where King David is doing what he did with Bathsheba. He learned, and he had to learn the hard way. We don't read any other cases where he decided to continue to do the same thing. Your choices, how you walk, be careful how you walk, because they can leave a scar behind if not careful. It can be easy to slip. The slip. And as you think about this idea of being careful with how you walk, you're going to need to know something else. You're going to need some help. I fell through the ceiling. I complained. I was embarrassed, and I needed some help. And I'm thankful that my wife was able to help me out. And I'm thankful the physicians were able to help me out. And I got the encouragement that I needed from Nikki and Josh during that night. And I'm thankful for Brother Richard who's going to come and help me with the seal and help me fix that. I got mad at my mistake. And just talking about it, I'm getting a little heated right now, so I need to move on. But I tell you this, I am resolved not to make that same mistake again. Can't afford it. I'm not going to make the same mistake again, all right? Don't want to do that. I'm not going to go down that path. And I've gotten back up into the attic. Joshua begs me, don't go into the attic. Son, I've got to go up into the attic. We've got to get some things done. But I've made the necessary provisions to ensure that I don't slip like that again, or at least that's my intention. I'm saying all of this in all seriousness because when you fall, you may leave a scar, but you may leave a scar behind. And people may know about certain things that you have done, and you are going to be embarrassed, and you're probably going to be mad at yourself and frustrated, and how could I ever do that? And what does this mean about going forward or uh, living life long term and, and figuring things out? And how am I going to be able to overcome all this? A couple of things you need to know. Number one, you got to get back up. We are going to make mistakes in life. Again, I'm not advocating you go out and sin or anything like that. None of us. I'm not advocating that for any of us. But we are going to fall short. And we're going to need some help along the way. Who was it that helped King David? It was Nathan. Nathan in 2 Samuel chapter 12, he had to help David to see. You're in the wrong. And even Samuel helped King Saul. What you did was foolish. What you did was wrong. He had already given him instructions beforehand. 
And Jesus, when you think about Peter and, uh, and how Peter, you go look back in the Gospels, it wasn't only Judas who had a bad night, it was also the Apostle Peter. Look over in Matthew chapter 26. Remember, Jesus had warned his apostles about what was going to happen and how they were going to deny him. And in Matthew chapter 26, in verse number 74 and verse number 75, we see this meltdown from the Apostle Peter and how he lied about knowing Jesus, not once or twice, but three times. And he began to curse and swear. And he said, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter would need some assistance. When you look over in Luke's account, in Luke chapter 22, uh, before all of this, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus had already given some words that Peter would need to remember. Peter was going to need some help along the way. And in Luke chapter 22, in verse 31, the Bible says, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus was helping him to see, you're going to need some help along the way. And I'm praying for you right now. We know the rest of the story with Peter. And Peter is a great example, too, about when you slip and fall and make a mistake, Peter was not making that same mistake over and over again. And by the time you get to the book of Acts, he's bold, he's courageous, he's not lying about his relationship with Jesus or what he knows about Jesus. He has moved on. And he was careful with how he was now conducting himself even more. My point I want you to see is that Peter would need some help as well. And when we fall short, all of us need help. None of us are exempt. Too many times we think that we can just do things on our own. And certainly we are going to have to learn how to handle certain situations and, and, and learn to pick ourselves back up and things like that. But when we fall and make a big mess, we need our Father in heaven. We need God. And young people, you need assistance. Don't try to do things all by yourself. You need your family. You need your, your physical family. You need your spiritual family. You need your Father in heaven. He wants the best for you. And he loves you even when you sin and fall short. He wants you to bear fruit worthy of repentance. And he wants that change to take place. And he wants to forgive you. He's a God of second chances. And we need his help. You need the help of God and your parents and the elders and brethren and your friends and you also need to help yourself. Make sure that you strive and you learn from the scars you already have. Learn from the mistakes you've already made. And strive to improve in your life and in your walk with King Jesus. Get better and continue to draw closer to your God in heaven. We sang from the song or sang a song that focused our mind from Psalm 119. Go back and look at Psalm 119 and look at verse number 105. Psalm 119 and verse number 105. The Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse number 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is what you need. You want to walk carefully in your life? Listen to God's word. Open up the word of God. Truly believe it for what it is. It is truth. It is inspired. It is the very word of God. And God only wants the best from you. He wants you to be careful how you walk so your life can be good. So you can live long days, as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. So you can give God glory, honor, and praise. But it begins by truly listening to him and truly listening to what he says in his word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. You need direction in your life. You need to be opening up the word of God. He's going to lead you down the right path. 
The word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my and a light to my path. Read God's word. Listen to God's word and be careful how you walk. Be sure that you always walk with your savior, Jesus Christ. And when you do, your life will indeed be blessed. I appreciate your attention. That's the that's the lesson for this morning. We're going to sing the song of invitation here in just a moment. I believe we're going to be singing, I've decided to follow Jesus. And I want to end by asking this question. Have you decided to follow Jesus? These songs are powerful, and they should hopefully get us to think about some things. As a young person, have you decided to follow Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? You've been studying the Word of God probably for a number of years, and your parents certainly have been praying for you and teaching you the Scriptures. Have you responded in obedience to God? Have you decided to follow Jesus? That's what we want to encourage you to do. That's what this is all about. We want men and women to be saved. We want young people to be saved. And if you're here this morning, if you're visiting, have you made the decision to follow Jesus? If you haven't, we'd love to study with you as well. We want you to obey the gospel. We want you to believe and be baptized so that you can be saved from your sins. If you're subject to the invitation, come now as we stand and as we sing. I have decided to follow.